And we're back. Hey, folks, and welcome back to Love and Grit. My name is Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Today on the show, we speak to two ladies making their brand known. Chelton Bartlett Rumor wants you to find the power of your brand by screaming your dream. And Janine A. Cook's brand is all about Black women, authors, activists, creators, and yes, she wants you to read all about it. We'll explain, but first, it's time for our lightning round of Philly faves. And today's topic your favorite holiday tradition. Mine's easy. What's yours? The Philadelphia Pops. They do a holiday show every year. It's the most fun two hours of my year. I'll miss it this year. But you know what? Next year, I'll be there. Mine for Philadelphia traditions, normally around this season, this is when Shady Brook Farms in Bucks County, they have a beautiful light show and you can enjoy it in your own car. They have a radio station that you tune into. So you can also listen to music. You can roast marshmallows and have s'mores and it's really nice. Sounds like Ryan has the best night of his life. Yes, he does. Right. Well, I'm going to go a little alternative for the single folks and the folks that may not be from the area. My favorite holiday tradition is finding one of your favorite restaurants in Chinatown. Because people do not forget that when everything else is closed, there's always Chinatown. Why not just order a vast menu if you are not in a cooking mood? Oh, oh, now it's time to get the show started. I was thinking about Chinese food. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. Janine A. Cook's mission is clear to celebrate women authors, women artists, and women activists. She achieves this via her blacktacular independent bookstore, Harriet's Bookshop in Fishtown. The opening of her store in the COVID 2020 seems to have made Janine stronger and her voice louder. How and why? Yeah, that's what we want to know. It's been quite a year. Oh my goodness. It's been, I tell everybody, it feels like I've been on a roller coaster and I'm still on it. So we opened February 1st. Literally thousands of people came to the opening. And then we, six weeks later, we're told we have to shut our doors. We get an email from the city, like it's over. And so of course I go in the back room and lay on the floor and just cry. Cause I'm just like, what, what am I doing wrong here? This is my second time trying to open a business. And the first business burnt down when we finished renovation. So I was just like, okay, is somebody trying to tell me something? Are the ancestors trying to give me some sort of warning or something? And so then when we get that email saying we have to shut down after only being open for six weeks, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm just doing this all wrong and I'm tripping, tripping in terms of trying to pursue this here dream. And then in June, when Breonna Taylor and George Floyd's murder hit the newsstands, one of the things that we decided to do was to fly out to Minneapolis, to fly out to Kentucky, and also here in Philly, handing out books. And so instead of holding up signs at protests, we held up books and then distributed them. So at this point, we've given out over a thousand free books across the country in the name of supporting organizers and activists. That is amazing. You mentioned ancestors. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name of the bookshop? Yes, we are named for who we call historic heroine, Harriet Tubman. I don't know that there's any more powerful figure in history who we could give a monument to. And that's how I see, I see the bookshop as a type of monument for Harriet. And what I've said for a very long time is that, you know, we don't ever have to wait for someone else to build the monuments for the people who we hold sacred. We could do that ourselves. That's not only our right, but our responsibility. And so that's what Harriet's bookshop gets to be. But also like one day, hopefully there's an Ida's bookshop for Ida B. Wells, Mm. a Fanny book 
bookshop for Fannie Lou Hamer, right? And so that we can continue to build monuments to these beautiful women who haven't been in any way recognized for the work that they, they did for the world. Folks don't know that Harriet Tubman was a general in the United States at the time in the Union Army. You know, they just is so much, right? They don't know that she mm-hmm. was a nurse. They don't know that she was an entrepreneur, that she continued to do entrepreneurship until she was 90, right? Like there are lots of things about her that still go untold. And so we get to be a beacon for her light. I love that you're reflecting what she did too in being a trailblazer. You would set this business up and basically the whole Black Lives Matter movement really speaks to why you did that. So Mm -hmm. what was it like to have concepted this, work so hard on it, have these horrible things happen, but it gave you a chance to have a bigger platform. What has that been like? Yeah, I think if had I known that it was going to do what it's done, I probably would have never done it. I would have been way too scared. I was really just listening to my intuition, listening to my gut, listening to the voice that started off real quiet. Like, this is something I want to do. And then it just wouldn't leave me alone. It just wouldn't stop. It was like, I got to do this thing. And, you know, that fever, it just wouldn't stop. And just to be clear, Justin, a lot of people, most people told me this was a stupid idea. What do you mean you're going to open a bookshop? And then what do you mean you're going to open a bookshop that celebrates women authors and women artists and women activists? Who celebrates activists at all? Had I waited a month, a month, and said, like, you know, I'm still too scared. I got to, I need one more month to get myself together. There would be no bookshop because the pandemic hit. And so it was really like this, uh, it's been an intuitive exercise for me and cut out some of the noises, even from people who love me. These are the people who love me who were like, Janine, don't waste your time on a failed venture. You don't want that. That's not responsible. But right? this shows so, you're a leader. <laughs> I mean, leaders right. rise up in the face of challenges. There are certain things that I just, I have a whole, like, I don't understand why. Why I wouldn't do this? How would you open a bookshop in Fishtown as a black woman? You know they hate black people down there. Oh, well, how about the earth is my home and I don't care what they think. <laughs> how about that? How about that? And then like, and then what? And then you see all these other things happen where just your physical presence becomes a shakeup for a community and it has to reckon with itself. In, in real time. I want it to be clear, like it's not also always pretty either, right? Like when those folks are marching down Gerard Avenue holding bats and screaming profanities and racist statements, that's not cute and it's not easy, right? Because it's just like, at some point, do I go out there? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what's my role in all of that, right? Instead, we decided to host our own sisterhood sit-in and we retook over Gerard Avenue and was just like, let me show you how this is done. I right? need like, you to let- really speak about how you did this and how this came from, because people don't understand the way that you fought this <laughs> ugly situation. Please break it down. Yes. So we received a series of what they call terroristic emails. They ended up having to get the FBI involved because they were sent out to several Black-owned businesses here in Philadelphia. They said the worst things that you could imagine somebody saying to another person. So we decided we were going to host what we were calling a sisterhood sit-in. I'd never been to a sit-in that celebrated sisterhood and that said that we're going to put this as the way that we protect and serve one another. And then we don't ever have to outsource that job to anyone else. So we were going to do it right here on Gerard Avenue where they were doing their marching with the bats. And then we get word that it's going to rain. And not only is it going to rain, that it was supposed to be a really bad rain. Again, everybody's like, Janine, you, you going to shut it down? You going to shut it down? You going? Then they told us we couldn't get our permit to do to host it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. All of these like you know, this is the same thing with the bookshop, right? All of these seeming obstacles. And so I'm like, I, I do that same thing that I did with the bookshop, which is get quiet. I get real quiet and I just need to listen. And something, that same something was just like, well, isn't there a factory around the corner? Maybe they will be willing to work with you. I walk in there, it's 10,000 square feet, big open space. They were like, 
whatever you want to do. I was like, whatever I want to do. They were like, whatever. I was just like, well, I need, I need lighting. I need sound. They were like, whatever you want. And so they gave us the works. And my sister flew in from Chicago, my blood sister. And we hosted this event together, the sisterhood sitting. And the best that people described it as like Afrofuturistic. I believe in revisionist history. We need to go back when things are violated and we need to go fix those things that have been destroyed. We can't just continue to move forward without acknowledging and doing some work around fixing it. And just being where we are, right? So we put up our awning, Harry's bookshop. I've had somebody running here and say, why would you put up a, a sign that says Harriet's? No one wants to think about Harriet Tubman every day, but you need to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you need to, right? Because you get to, you need to deal with, you deal with your stuff. This bookshop, this little sign is not doing anything to you. It's you that needs to do some stuff to you. There was a guy who told me, Harriet Tubman, and these people with their randomest thoughts, like, you know, Harriet Tubman would never support what you're, what you're about. Like, what? Why? Why? He was like, you know, I never knew. And then I said, well, did you know that she was a general in the war? Did you know that she was a spy, that she fought on the side of the Union Army? Had you, and that she spent her entire life fighting for a pension that she never received? Did you know that? That she did all of that on your behalf and, and never received her penance for it? Like nothing. And, oh, no. I was like, yeah, and here's a book about Harriet Tubman. So you can actually educate yourself because that's what the bookshop is here for. It's not about creating some sort of strife between neighbors. Like, I don't need that in my life. But what we do need is some education up in here. What we do need is some self-emancipation up in here. You know, there's a lot that f- folks just don't understand. And you're not going to, if you're waiting for school to teach it to you, you might mm-hmm. never get it. No, no, no. But what you're doing is so important because I think people just take it on the surface and move on. We need to dig in here. People need to learn why this is a movement and and really listen to people about their struggles and the struggle of all black people, because it's really amazing to me as a white person that people would ever say that to you. You're starting a business (laughs) in Fishtown dedicated to something that's completely right and you're giving free books out (laughs) yeah i mean this country has a lot to reckon with within itself like we cannot propose that we're we're able to move forward without dealing with the sordid past without dealing with the stains without dealing with the misogyny without dealing with the like we just it's just there's no way to move forward there's no way janine i'm hearing buzz about a new poetry collection that's coming out philly johns for women revisited it's like poetry by 40 women renowned and community based ursula rucker janine cook Um, (laughs) oh wow trapita too yes trapita mason poet laureate and the um poet deborah powell wright gathered this collection philly has such a strong literary movement happening right now especially with black women (laughs) so 20 2020 was quite a year for you, for all of us. What are you looking forward to? What do you see as Mm. 2021 for you and for Harriet's bookshop? I I know that we're going to continue doing the work, right? Like whatever that might look like over time, you know, the circumstance might change, but the work continues of making sure that folks are educated. I, I tell the interns here, so it's myself and three high school interns that do almost everything at Harry's. Love it. And it's really, I really work for them. So they're like, this is how to do it now. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Let uh, the kids tell us how to do oh it and goodness. then we'll do the they, work. I mean, when we were out, when the first books that we gave away, who was it? It was me and the high school interns that went and did that work. When we flew to Kentucky, it was me and them who flew to Kentucky. 
lucky. It, it doesn't mean anything for our old selves to, you know, do work. We got to make sure that they got the tools to continue this. Hold work. on, though. What an opportunity you just provided. Are you saying that these interns got a chance to look at activism live and in person? To be the activist. To, to be, be, yeah. Right? Yeah. They are the activists. When Isabel Wilkerson, who wrote Cast and Warmth of Other Sons, when she saw the TikTok video that the interns made, which I kept saying, TikTok, my old oh, TikTok, I don't need no TikTok for no bookshop. What kind of bookshop has a TikTok? And they was like, we need it, we need it. So they mm. put together their own TikTok. I posted it. This thing goes viral. The author, <laughs> Oprah's book club shared this thing, right? Like, Oh my gosh. Like, like this author comes to Philly just to sign the book that we have the only copies. Cause she was like, I wasn't signing wow. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It was the children that did that, not me. You know, she's a New York Times bestseller. She's Oprah's book club book of the month. It was just like, what is happening here? We're yeah. so excited that you're participating in the Love and Grit sweepstakes. And one of the prizes includes a sweatshirt and not just any sweatshirt, but Culture John. So we're so excited. Thank y'all so much for this. Thank you. <laughs> y'all stay well. I'll see y'all soon. In Philly, when it's time to enjoy, when it's time to celebrate the good times with good company, you got to break out the good stuff. Have to. Come football season or your favorite movie, it's time to break out the hers. Crisp and tasty, sour cream and onion, salt and vinegar. Every bag is an invitation to a good time somewhere. No RSVP needed. So live it up and crunch it down. For the downright fun times and nothing short of the best times, break out the herds. Sheldon Bartlett Rumor is all about making your brand the best it could be. And she wants you to scream your dream. What does that really mean? Let's ask her. So tell me, this will then be your third baby? I know you have two little ones. So now this book, when when oh, does... <laughs> one is like now. Like, not even. Don't call it a baby. How long have you been working on this book? Apparently, I've been in labor for five years. So, (laughs) (laughs) if that's a good thing or not. Um, Well, this is a good time for this book. I hope so. I hope so. I think so. I think that it's a good time for this podcast. You guys are doing beautiful things. It's time for conversations, my friends. We love having them. Tell us the name of the book. So the name of the book is Scream Your Dream. Those of you that know me know that I have only two volumes. I have Silence <laughs> and Sheldon, right? And yes. That's it. That's it. And usually you can see, hear me before you see me. Like I'm like that kind of loud. And so I realized very early on in the agency space that the majority of people are not extroverts. The majority of people have a hard time finding their voice. I just felt that it was it was time for us to be able to teach them how. So what yeah. makes this book different? Is it more interactive? Is there worksheets and homework it, assignments? Explain that process it, to it us. It is. I'm addicted to trade shows and conferences. My corny wow. self, like I love a recycled bag and a keynote speech. Like well, you must be <laughs> you must be feeling sad and deprived. So sad. And I would always go and be inspired for the moment, right? You'd be inspired. Mm. And by the Mm. time I got to my car, it would dwindle. And the next week it would dwindle. And the next week it would dwindle. Like at the time you were like, I can be him and I can be her. I can do that. And then I found that people were easily inspired, but it was harder for them to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. 
And so for me, it's one thing to inspire them. I can do that, but how do I keep them motivated? How do I ensure- Stamina, don't you think people lack stamina? Yes, yes. And life is distracting. There just needs to be a place and a foundation to come back to. So my hope is that people utilize this book as a reference where they can tap into it when they lose their inspiration. And it's there for them to refer to the answers in which- they put within the pages, so. Oh, can't you give us like one thing, Cheldon? Because now you got me feeling, and I'm like, just give me, just give me a little, little piece of cheese. For sure. For me, I, I, I give people three things that I think that they need to hone into. So basically, who they are, what they want, and why they deserve it. Those mm-hmm. are the three things you need to hold on to. They're and good. Those good questions. Yeah, like just the most authentic self. So you know, I can't stand the phrase fake it till you make it. It makes me insane because fake plants never grow roots, right? Like there's never a foundation behind that. It's you pretending for as long as possible to be something else. And I think that you just need to arrive where you are. You know, I teach at Temple University. I teach undergraduates, which is a journey in and of itself. (laughs) They are just fraudulent on LinkedIn. They're just pretending to be directors when they've directed nothing. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. There's something about a generation that wants to move up so quickly, but not do the work. These young people are pretending to be directors when all people want is the coordinator. Are we just old people complaining about younger people here? But I think it happens to old people too, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I I cannot believe how much I'm like tracking with what you're saying. If you don't put the work in, you're right. not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere. I think people don't lean into who they are. You know, Sheldon at 22 wouldn't be doing what Sheldon at 43 proudly is doing, right? And mm. so I think it's about leaning into being a mother, leaning into being, you know, to having the pedigree and the experience, and then letting that tell the story, starting the story with that and having that be the benefit of the experience that I have, not necessarily the jobs that I've had. Am I tripping or does it sound like we come from a generation of hustle and that is over? We do. It really just sounds like we have a different work ethic. Well, because we came from analog too. We weren't fed like a steady diet of digital until our brains were formed. Right. Right. It really doesn't even matter your age. You can work hard at anything. And sometimes that door doesn't open right away for you. And it's just being consistent. Um, I think about even the times that we're living in, in just 2020, it's a lot. It's a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's the understatement of the year. Yes. But I feel you, Rachel. We're still showing our grit and we're still like, oh, come on. Still got to go. Still got to get it done. I have lived a lot of lives trying to find this one. And I think that I'm better for it. I was in hospitality for quite some time. I had my own agencies, which is where This Is It TV really came from. And the agency has pivoted into more of a production company where I get to tell the stories versus handling the social media, web design, graphic design for these clients. Now we sit on the other side of a camera and I allow for them to scream their dream. And What perfect timing with this Black Lives Matter yeah. movement and our focus on black and brown businesses yeah. that need it now more than ever for you to help give these folks a voice. Organically, because it's deserved, right? I think that unfortunately what has been happening is that mainstream media is under the impression as a whole that we can only handle diversity in small doses, basically in a novelty fashion, February, 
June, June, right? Like, you know what I mean? Those are the only times in which we can celebrate diversity because it might be too much. But I think that what I what I've chosen to do is instead of spending my career trying to convince my, I, my goal is to spend the rest of my career just creating a new space for it to live. Don't get me wrong, if Oprah calls, NBC calls, I mean, we're gonna have a conversation, but that's the only way it's gonna work is if we're telling the stories organically, if it's not necessarily just because it's a black owned business, but it's amazing black owned business. Right. And people connect with people, not things. Yes, personalities and experiences, not products and services. And And we have to amplify those voices now more than ever. But comfortably. Right, not forced. Yes, because I think that what in this temperature, everything's hot. The post office is hot. The grocery (laughs) store is hot. Like people are just at an elevated temperature. And so what is happening when we're not doing it organically, there's a resentment that forms on the other end of it. So as Mm -hmm. legitimate and as quality as this product is, because it's leaned into as being promoted as a black woman, whatever, there's already this stigma on it where I want there to be, if to be noted as such, I want you to know who owns it, but I want you to also know that it's quality, that it's noteworthy, that it's valuable. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, oftentimes the missing scenario. I think that a lot of people are trying to fill the void and knowing that they've fallen behind on, on their obligations to be diverse inclusive. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, they're just checking the box. Diversity is the future of economic growth. And when you look at our economic recovery, shopping from, you know, local small businesses, extremely important. You know, they're the lifeblood of our region. Right. And so I just want those business owners, primarily female business owners, to find their voice. So it's not a hidden secret, right? It's not like, oh, I fell upon this thing and it just becomes, oh, my friend uses it and then my friend, and it's a slow grow where they feel confident enough to use their voice. So they are as aggressive as people who have, you know, more resource. If we are able to empower them with a way to stay motivated and keep sharing their message and keep screaming their dream, then we will get that economic placement that we need in order to tell these stories. And the book is called? The book is called Scream Your Dream, all the ways you need to build an effective personal brand. And where can we follow you? Everywhere at This Is It TV and thisisittv.com. And again, at Cheldon Barlatt. Being apart for the holidays isn't easy. But getting a gift for the people you love from the places you love is. This season, shop Philly's Black-owned businesses. And enter to win the ultimate love and grip package full of envy-inducing gifts from some of Philly's best Black-owned businesses. Enter now at visitphilly.com slash podcast. Hey, Rachel, tell them what they're going to win. We have amazing gifts from wonderful stores. We have Harriet's Bookshop with a culture on sweatshirt. We have a t-shirt from the Sable Collective. We have a great mug from Yowie. We have African print masks from Dianu. We have a $50 gift card from Star Fusion Express. We have a $50 gift card from American Hats. This is great. Wait a minute. There's more. We have a holiday lip gloss mini glitter clutch case from Ursula's About Face Rittenhouse Makeup Studio. We have a full service haircut from Fahim's Hand of precision and we have wonderful tea from flourishing beauty and wellness and last but not least 
we have a great gift certificate from Salon Tenchi. That's going to include a custom hair scalp oil, a steam treatment, mm. a haircut, shampoo, mm. blow dryer, style, and much, much more. Somebody else going to oil my scalp. I'm sorry. That was exciting. <laughs> The other thing, too, is a lot of these gifts came from guests of Love and Grit. So if you haven't heard them, go back and listen, and you can hear these great people's stories. It's like 10 gifts valued at almost $500. Visit philly.com slash podcast. We'll let you know how those gift baskets are, because all the hosts are getting one, right, guys? Right, Rachel? Well, we are going to send some out to our guests, <laughs> yes, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to hold Rachel to that, and we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>